We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there for home loan solutions that fit your life. Rocky can. What up? Welcome to Maggie and Perloff. And I'm sorry for the San Francisco 49ers fans, but that's it. I I, I wish I could tell you that everything's going to be okay. I know that the team is talking like everything's going to be okay. And it was impressive what Brock Purdy did yesterday once Jimmy Garoppolo exited. But Perloff, this is not going to last. This is it. Their Super Bowl chances have been dashed, which is a shame because they have excellent skill position players. They have a phenomenal defense. Yesterday, Fred Warner and Nick Bosa were all over the field making plays, but no no rookie quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl, and I do not think that this is going to be the first time it happens. Well, luckily, this is a team that was built for mediocre quarterback play. <laughs> all the wide receivers can catch anything that's within nine feet of them. <laughs> and they got Christian McCaffrey, the ultimate quarterback helper. They have Debo Samuel, the second ultimate quarterback helper. Brandon Ayuk is unstoppable. He's a Debo Samuel Jr. And they have George Kittle. I feel like what, what you're saying makes perfect sense. But this team is so good at every spot besides a quarterback. And the NFC is such a wide open title race. I'm not sure I believe that. Let me tell you about another quarterback from Iowa who took over an NFC West team back in the day, many years ago. Oh, wow. You're going to do this, huh? His name was Kurt Warner. Yeah, I've heard of him. His name was Kurt Warner. <laughs> yeah. And he led the Rams to the title. Brock Purdy. He was 40. <laughs> no. <laughs> Brock Purdy is never, he's never been bagging groceries, but he was Mr. Irrelevant in the draft. It's pretty much the same thing. Brock Purdy's actually not from Iowa, but no. he went to Iowa State. That's close enough. I see a miracle maker happening here. I see a chance. You have to admit, the one team out of 32 where a backup quarterback might be able to make some noise would seem to be San Francisco. Now, I know you're going to throw these numbers about how Kyle Shanahan, without Jimmy G, is just awful. Yeah. Go ahead, say them. But <laughs> well, this year is I different. Mean, if you're asking me, it's 9-28. and 28. If you're asking me what the record is yeah. since 2017 without Garoppolo, <laughs> I just happen to have it very handy here because that's the thing about yeah. this Kyle Shanahan offense. They make it seem like the town idiot could run it. Yeah. You know, like anyone with a warm body can come in. Well, you know what? That's not actually the case because Nick Mullins had a great opening game going back. After that, it really fell apart. There have been other guys who have tried to come in, C.J. Beathard, who've come in, and maybe they'll have flashes, but ultimately it doesn't sustain. And then the other part of this, too, which is, first of all, Purdy was taking some hits yesterday also. I give him credit for hanging in the pocket, but he's a young guy who's going to start taking a lot of hits, I have a feeling. And then number two, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is awesome. He is the quarterback helper. Are we sure he's making it all the way to the end of the season? It's like we forgot who this guy is. Definitely not. But (laughs) 9 and 28 without McCaffrey. Let's imagine that McCaffrey's out there. You can't say McCaffrey's hurt yet. The other thing, Nick Mullins, for example, his season, they they didn't win any of those games. I think Nick Bosa was out the entire year. He He was out 2020, yeah. Yeah, I think that that, that was the Mullins year. So... Uh, Mullins was 2018. Oh, he's 2018? Okay. Actually, I I thought that Mullins played without... He might have played another game or two, but you're talking about the stretch run was 2018 when he went 2-5. and I think he started 10 games in 2022 without Bosa, and they couldn't beat anybody. You take Bosa out of the lineup, he's terrible too, so I'd like to see both those numbers. The Niners, when they have injuries, they tend to cascade, and everybody gets hurt. We'll see if that happens. That's not a great omen either. Mm. I just think that this team is set up incredibly well to still be competitive. The other thing is the NFC is good, but, and I'm so high on my Eagles right now. Yeah, you should be. I feel like that NFC playoff picture is going to be, every game is going to come down to a field goal at the end. There's nobody, it's not like the Chiefs or the Bills are looming. You got the Cowboys and the Eagles who are really good. Yeah. But I think the Niners are going to be right there just with their defense. 
Well, their defense is awesome, but at some point your quarterback's going to have to make a play. This is what we all said about Garoppolo, right? Is that is he's, you know, runs the offense, he's competent. Sometimes they try to hide him, but is he going to be able to make a play? We saw in the Super Bowl he wasn't overthrew Emmanuel Sanders, and that was the story of the game and the big Mahomes comeback. Are you really going to ask Brock Purdy? He's going to come out and win you a road game in Philly? He's going to win a road game, I would say, even in Minnesota? He's going to, well, maybe he would. He's going to win a road game <laughs> in one of these really tough environments? I think you're putting expectations on him and this situation that just are not fair to this guy. You know, I think San Francisco is really well designed to play Philly because you, you don't want the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands. So you run the ball, and that team, they're really good against mobile quarterbacks. I've seen them have some success. So, I, I'm no, I'm not counting them out. I mean, you said it, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, t- two of the top five defensive player of the year candidates. There's just so much to like about this team. Kyle Shannon's theoretically the most creative play caller, or one of the top two or three. If anybody could be... And you saw on Sunday, Brock Purdy looked just as good as Jimmy G. In fact, if you didn't have their jersey numbers on and the handsomeness of Jimmy <laughs> yeah. G, you wouldn't know who was who, would yeah. you? Well, here's the thing. I've seen this happen before because we've been all watching football for so long that sometimes the backup quarterback comes in and it's like the defense either just isn't ready for them or Miami had their own stuff going on, obviously, but with the two turnovers. But like... They somehow the defense gets thrown off just by the fact that the backup is in. Maybe and they even, don't tape on them. Yeah, and even if the backup kind of mirrors the starter, right? If it's not like a total deviation where all of a sudden you have like a totally different style guy as your backup, the defense is just thrown off a little bit by that. Yeah, wait till there's a little bit of tape. I mean, mm. okay, listen. well, there are other alternatives out there. There's one Josh Johnson who they already signed. There's one very specific alternative out there if he clears waivers. Oh, don't say it. <laughs> He's a former Why? number one overall pick. Maybe Baker. Why not put him on the bench? I'll take Baker. I'm not a Baker fan. Yeah. And I worry about team chemistry, but this is such a strong locker room. That I wouldn't worry about chemistry with that. Why not have Baker Mayfield as an option? Well, because I'm told two different things about the Shanahan offense. One, anybody can run it. Two, it's one of the most complex systems in the NFL. <laughs> At the same time, anyone can run it, but it takes years to master it. So what is it here? Wait, where did you hear <laughs> either of these? I've heard of both. It's like, well, this is so uh, – it's it's easy to run Shanahan. you got the run game there. It's all the designed so like that the, the quarterback – You roll like, right, you either hand the ball. It's like an RPO. <laughs> yes, or a zone read and whatever, tell the difference between those two. It's just – I, I hear both things about the Shanahan offense. When it comes to Trey Lance, it's going to be, this is one of the hardest things to master. He's going to need yeah. lots of time. When it comes to, you know, basically Jimmy Garoppolo slash Brock Purdy, anybody can run it. Well, Trey Lance, the sense. offense was going to be simple. They were going to run the ball 96% of the time. It was going to be Trey Lance or Debo and Christian McCaffrey. They still have the DNA of that. They're such a strong run team. The question is, can Brock Purdy give any pass threat? And I, I thought he showed that he could do a little bit of that. In this one game yeah. where you get called in off the bench and it's just like everything's crazy. And to be fair to the guy, he was prepared, obviously. he's obviously has some talent. He was a four-year starter at Iowa State, so it's not like he's walking in no. like Trey Lance where he barely had played in college. But again, just as the season runs, you know, the last five weeks of the season, and what are we really going to see? Is Brock Purdy really going to go into Dallas, and is he going to win a playoff game? I, I just, I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> Mike McCarthy might have something to say about that, and <laughs> not in a positive way. You know, what? I, I can't even, I can't even blast McCarthy today. Not when you score what thirty three points in the fourth quarter. Oh, okay. Can we? Just, I'm sorry, we're talking Niners. This Cowboys blowout, the Colts. 
the depleted Colts yeah. on the road basically scored the tying touchdown in the fourth quarter. How did the Cowboys let that Colts team stay in the game as long as they did? All of a sudden, Matt Ryan just reduced to a puddle. Matt Ryan wasn't hitting anybody in the entire game. He had about 45 incompletions. So the Cowboys, everyone's saying, oh, this was a side strike. They beat Jeff Saturday, Maggie. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, <laughs> they did it by scoring more points than anyone has in the league this year. And how many of them were pick sixes? Well, I know, but the defense was great. I mean, what are you going to do? It wasn't. There was 21-19 with 13 minutes left in the game to this Colts team who was... I don't know if they're tanking or just the worst team I've ever seen. I don't know how they almost beat the Eagles on the road. Anyway, the <laughs> Cowboys, the this is anyway. a sign of strength. Jack Prescott threw the ball to the Colts' hands about six times, and they, they dropped balls. I don't know what – that was a bizarre game. I think the Cowboys didn't really even know what to do with that game. Well, all I know is that when the dust settled on that game, it looked like a total de- – it was a demolition. I agree I, with I you. It, to- was a, it was a tight game, but in the fourth quarter, can- a couple picks, and that was it. Yeah, but I don't know if you look at that game and say that was an impressive demolition by the Cowboys. It was certainly, I mean, they were basically, what was it, 14 13 and a half? The Colts, a game they were favored by 11 points. Yeah, they got a bunch of garbage time because the Colts were pressing it. It but was 21 19, and then all of a sudden they scored 19, they 33 missed. points. Right. How many, what was it, two pick sixes or one? There was also, it was impressive that the Dallas Cowboys only had three penalties in the game. I mean, that's something that we used to always get on Mike McCarthy about. And the fact is they held Jonathan Taylor in check. 82 yards on 21 carries. I mean, that's basically nothing. So. But, okay, go to time machine. End of the third quarter, was anybody saying, wow, this Cowboys team really is impressing me tonight? No, but to be honest, like the Colts played your Eagles kind of tight a little, you know, until the end too. Right, but Matt Ryan was so bad. (laughs) He missed so many open receivers. I don't know what was going on. Where do you even go now, like if you're the Colts? You can't go back to who, Ellinger? Is Nick Foles floating around somewhere? I mean, is there another option? Well, the the thing is, and Cosworth nailed it. Why weren't they? They should have just reared back and thrown long. That it was working every single time. It's as if just Jeff Saturday doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's as if he's never done anything like this before. I know. Anthony Brown goes out their corner for Dallas. Yeah. That's know, a bummer. That is a bummer. But then again, Tyron Smith returns to practice yes. this week. We're and, already here. And I'm so down as an Eagles fan. The only thing that I hope for the Cowboys is they sign OBJ, and it's a gigantic disruption to that locker room. I don't understand why on earth they want OBJ. It makes zero He's sense. He's there to today. Yeah, I know. Visiting the Cowboys and today. you notice he won't and the Bills are the second team. He visited over the weekend. Yeah. And so it was I the heard, Giants on Friday. I heard Jeremy Fowler on ESPN say right before he's like, watch out the Bills are looming on OBJ and they're right behind the Cowboys. Okay, well But I, why on either team? He won't work out for either of them, Maggie. We don't even know if he can run. So that's the question, right? Why aren't teams insisting that he work out? I know. Explain this to me. I, I I can't. I mean, the guy's coming off of a major injury, so now we're just into the Odell conversation. Where it, it's a major injury, and why two, wouldn't you want to see if his knee is actually repaired? And why are the two hottest offenses in the league who have nothing but wide receivers running around everywhere all of a sudden <laughs> looking at this guy? I, I'm missing something. You know, it was also quickly funny. Now that we're talking about Odell Beckham Jr., did you guys see? So tonight. I guess he's going to a Mavs-Suns game. Yeah. That's tonight in Dallas, and they asked Dak Prescott about it yesterday. 
He's like, yeah, you know, are you excited to go with OBJ to the game? He's like, well, Dak said, I want to sit in a suite, and I'm sure Odell wants to sit courtside. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's so of true. course, like, so true. <laughs> so true. So you're already just acknowledging that basically the guy's uh, doing this for a lot of publicity. Anyway. But Jerry, Jerry Jones is eating it up for some reason. Jerry oh. Jones, why? what kind of negotiator are you doing in public? You're like, man, I hope this works out. <laughs> he keeps saying, I really want this to work out. I'm like, you're signing this guy to a contract. Say something different. Like uh, a little closer to the vest, Jerry. Yeah, He's Jerry. incapable. He and Odell are like two the birds of a feather, you know? You know, remember when Jerry Jones wanted to draft Johnny Manziel and basically his entire family had <laughs> like to hold him back? Him, like locked him in a closet, yeah. basically? Where, where Steven and the gang, they have to get on this right now. <laughs> because the Cowboys look kind of perfect right now. They don't need to add anything on either side. They do look good. Uh, maybe a cornerback now that Anthony Brown's hurt, but... I think they look really good, and I say that as a nervous Eagles fan. Yeah, and they're getting, and again, I mentioned they're getting Tyron Smith back. Yeah. Which Tyler Smith has done an excellent job. Who could have seen that coming? Huh. 855 oh, You got to get over it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, I'm, now I'm with the, uh, the ex-offensive line community. <laughs> oh, yeah, watching yeah. the game last night. It's like, uh, yeah, Marcus Peters said, really, it's just not that hard. <laughs> you just, you know, use your athleticism, get to your spot. I'm like, exactly. Wait, who said that? Marcus Peters, as Chris Collinsworth was retelling the story last night. About the cornerback? No, about the offensive line. Oh, why was Jason Peters? Oh, Jason. Sorry. Jason Peters is saying, (laughs) sorry. Jason Peters was saying, he's like, yeah, it's really not that hard. You know, you just get to your spot, use your athleticism. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, when, of course, when Jason Peters says it, then everyone says it makes sense. But when I say it, I should be fired. (laughs) I saw your tweet and there wasn't quite enough context. So I didn't know what the heck you were talking about. (laughs) I assumed it was Jason Peters related. All right, we've hit six topics so far. Yeah, yeah. It's By been way, 14 minutes in. Jason the show. Peters is the, he's two linemen in one. I they had a lot of close up last night. He ta- of course he's good. He takes up two he's the biggest man I've ever seen in my life. That's why I said you could sign him off the street. Yeah. <laughs> and it made a lot of sense. 855-212-4 CBS. Okay. San Francisco 49ers. I think it's over. It's sunk, which is a shame because I actually like this team a lot. It's impossible not to respect what they do. The defense, the playmakers yesterday. I mean, in terms of like we can go all day about the defense, but think about yesterday what they did against the Miami Dolphins going skill position player for skill position player yesterday, right? It was Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Kittle and Ayuk just making more plays than Tyree Kill and Waddle and the Mostert-Wilson combo and Gasecki Sherfield, I guess. Like, the skill position players for the 49ers were better yesterday, but I just don't uh, see I don't know. I mean, Tua couldn't hit the side of a barn by the, the pressure was uh, – there was too much pressure on Tua, and I think he got inaccurate for the first time. Yeah, we'll get to Tua. Yeah, we'll yeah. unpack all That's, of I mean, Tua. I, what are those – how are those guys going to catch the ball? There was nowhere near them half the time on well, the, the Dolphins side. I mean, a couple nice plays, a couple bombs, a couple, you know, start yeah. of the fourth quarter to Tyreek Hill to maybe give you a little bit of a prayer. But the 49ers were too good. That was a that was impressive yesterday. But long-term, if you're talking Super Bowl aspirations with a rookie quarterback, not going to be dumb. It, it's too much to ask the most important position on the field to go in and have to win a tough game on the road, in the NFC, in the playoffs. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Want to hear from you. Know we have a lot of 49ers fans out there. How are you feeling? Because the way the team's talking is like everything's going to be fine. You're talking yourself into something. This is your, your, you're in, it's, it's shock slash denial slash stages of grief. You're bargaining now. It's a shame. 
855-212-4CBS. We want to hear from you. Also, Dallas, now that we put it on the table, the most complete team in the NFC? As I sit next to an Eagles fan, it's looking at me side-eye. Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Again, 855-212-4CBS. Want to hear from you early and often today. Get on board. Got a lot to do. This is Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, Sirius XM Channel 158, and the free Odyssey app. This season, for the first time, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast stream live for free Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, holiday triple headers, and every postseason game. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. All sponsored by AutoZone. Free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, auto and zone. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. So, Maggie, I was looking at the 2021 Heisman odds. Now, you're going to say, why were you doing that, Perloff? I was curious how high Brock Purdy was at the time coming into the season because he was first team all Big 12 in yeah. 2020. He was a star. He was actually 11th in Heisman odds. And look at the names. This is not this, is not this season, the year before. Right. Look at the names ahead of him and how bad they all busted. Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma. DJU at Clemson, who that year had a terrible year. Bryce Young, who won it. Then JT Daniels, bust. Sam Howell, pretty good. CJ Stroud, De'Ara King, bust. Keaton Slovis, super bust. Bijan Robinson, our guy. Then Jaden Daniels. I was shocked at that. Mm. Then Brock Purdy. So Brock was could have been a lot higher than Mr. Irrelevant. That's my point. Okay. He was a star. Yeah. I just think the NFL saw him and said, You're too short. You know, you're you're not athletic enough. But Kyle Shanahan really judges a guy on what's between his ears. Right. And he must think that Brock Purdy can run this offense effectively and he doesn't have a huge arm but has enough of an arm. So I think there's a little reason for excitement there. Well, I I pumped the brakes on excitement. This is this you got Delta Blow yesterday. Come on, Jimmy now, G was so inaccurate all the time anyway. But think about it. It's not just that the fact that they won and won convincingly, I think is kind of clouding people's view of the situation right Well, now. this is a team that was going to turn to Trey Lance in the beginning of the year, and they settled with Jimmy G coming off a shoulder injury, who they never saw play in training camp or the preseason, so it's been an unorthodox situation from the get-go. I get that, but some Jimmy G in this offense just somehow works. It's like that couple that's together that somehow just doesn't look like they yeah. belong together, yet they've been married for 25 <laughs> years and they're the happiest people you know. Something about that is Yeah, it's is called going Christian on. McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. <laughs> well, it was like that before McCaffrey. Let's go to the phones. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Trent is in Oregon. You're up first here on Maggie and Perloff. Hey, Trent. What's up? Hey, what's going on? Yeah, just hearing your guys' feedback, kind of going back and forth around Brock Purdy. And, I mean, the guy looks comfortable the entire time. He didn't look like a frantic, you know, third-string backup quarterback. Um, and, I mean, with his passing, he made some of the tightest window passing, I mean, through that game that Jimmy G, I don't even think. I mean, I'm a big Jimmy G fan, total believer. But yeah. the guy looked pretty comfortable coming in, playing against the number one offense, you know, um, team pretty much in the league. Um, you know, and despite that, Jimmy G's been a great game manager under Shanahan, and he's never going to be that guy that's consistently throwing for over 300 yards. But you know, other than that one INT, I mean, he looked he looked he looked pretty solid. Um, you know, and with the healthy offensive line, I think there's a lot of good opportunity there. 
I love it, and I love everything that you're saying, and I love that you're a Jimmy G fan and you're still not depressed. Now, Maggie thinks that eventually they're going to get tape on this guy and figure him out. Yeah, I also think there's a couple moments yesterday that I really wanted to ask the Dolphins, what are you doing on defense? Why? <laughs> yes, you're right about Purdy threw some nice throws in there into coverage. Uh, Ayuk made a couple good catches. Obviously, we know Debo is so talented, but there were the the right before – what was it, right before half with the Christian McCaffrey touchdown? Like, you're not going to get a body on that guy? McCaffrey walked into the end zone. Like, that was some a of weird the, play. Some of the stuff on the Miami defense was like, oh, boy. I mean, you guys just totally lost him there. Mike is in Las Vegas. What's up, Mike? Hi, you two. I'm, uh, by the way, I'm at the M&M store. I'm looking for uh, candy for Maggie's Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mike, uh, your email was amazing. Um I don't have it ready right now. I'll I'll read your email later on in the show. It was excellent, <laughs> and appreciate you okay. following up I on two phone calls. Say, uh, I love Jimmy G. Like I think he's way better than everybody thinks. I mean, he's a professional quarterback, played in the Super Bowl. But um, we will rally around Brock Purdy. Play good football. You'll rally around him as long as he plays good football. Oh, Mike hung up. Okay. Well, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's easy to rally around the guy when he's playing good football. That's why. Yeah. If he throws a touchdown, we'll give him a high five. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there's like no sting on today. It hasn't set in yet. You know, like when you stub your toe and there's that one second before it starts to hurt when you're like, maybe this isn't that bad. And then all of a sudden the pain just comes <laughs> rushing in. I hate to say it. I think that's you're in the moment, that one moment when before the pain rushes in because you beat the Dolphins and beat them convincingly yesterday. Yeah. And by the way, on the Dolphins side, they yeah. they had injuries on the offensive line that yeah, we detailed tackles. before the game. Yep. Uh, I think they just signed someone off the street, by the way. I'm did sure. they? <laughs> yeah. They did a, a big name. Uh, look that up. Who did, the Dol- who did the Dolphins just sign? Because Austin Jackson's going to be out for the year. So the Dolphins, I, I thought, actually looked good in the second half. But that was the first time. It had been a long time since we saw two against a good defense. And that's a, such a great defense. That's my point. That defense is so good that they can make up for so many sins. No, Get short right. fields for Brock Purdy. I, I admit maybe the Super Bowl is a stretch, but I don't see them falling apart. I still see them making the playoffs. I still see them making the playoffs. I think you're asking a rookie to uh, to do a lot. Oh, Eric Fisher, former number one overall oh, pick. Yeah. Which I don't understand. He's out there, been out there on the street all season long. I feel like there's 10 other teams that should have been signing Eric Fisher. So that's good for Miami because I think that did scare them a little bit. They said, you know what, we this is the first time in a while they played a really elite team. And I think they view themselves as that. Miami, don't you think that this they're all in for this year, so you might Absolutely. as well go for it. That was a disheartening loss, but I didn't walk away and say, ooh, Miami can't beat anyone after that. I was not too discouraged by no. Miami. I mean, it was bizarre to see two of missing throws in the way that he was. But again, you want to credit the San Francisco defense. I mean, when Nick Bosa on a, what was it, the fourth and two when they're going for it and he gets through for the sack fumble that ends up turning into the Greenlaw touchdown. It was just like, wow. Also, both had a sack earlier in the game that had knocked them out of field goal range. I mean, he was disruptive yesterday. And yeah. Warner is obviously incredible. Yeah, um, I mean, Andy Dalton had sliced and diced that very same Niners defense the week before, but they scored zero points, so I can't brag about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we get a healthy dose of Andy Dalton tonight. Lucky yeah. us. Andy Dolan in primetime. Prime <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, Austin is in Dallas. Austin's in Dallas. Wants to talk about the Cowboys. Hey, Austin. What's up? Hey. Hey, how's it going? Um, oh, great. I, 
Yeah, I'm watching this Cowboys team, and I'm seeing a lot of similarities of last year. You know, I know we dropped 50 on a on a inferior team, and uh, I remember during this time last year we dropped like 40 or 50 on the Eagles B team, and uh, you know, I just I think the quarterback play it's it's too inconsistent. I think uh, Dak's gonna he's gonna bite us in the butt in the in the playoffs again. And, uh, I mean, that second pick that uh, the Colts got, I mean, I thought it was a pick. That, that turns the game around if they, if they get that ball. And uh, I just think, I think, you know, and call me crazy, but I think uh, Cooper Rush would get us further in the playoffs. I think Dak is more talented, but Cooper Rush is better at quarterbacking. Ooh, I yeah, I can't find you there. You saw the end of yeah. what the Cooper Rush sort of mini arrow, right? It. Well, it wasn't that bad. It was against the Eagles, who were. But saying. by the way, why did Jeff Saturday not challenge that exception? I still am not totally sure. I they never got the great angle to show us what really happened on that. And then they had insult injury. They gave a, a foul, a personal foul against the Colts on that play, which uh, I don't know. I th- I kind of thought it was an interception. The, the play in the fourth quarter it didn't make any sense to me. Well, especially at that point. I mean, I guess you're yeah. like, you still have hopes that you're still in it. So you want to hang on to those timeouts, but this is two weeks in a row that there's been some, you know, either yeah. not wanting to call timeout, which was last week, which could have, which was bad for the Colts or this week, not wanting to burn one in case you lost the challenge. Do you remember earlier in the season, by the way, speaking of defending bad coaches? Yeah. <laughs> remember I defended Nathaniel Hackett a couple of weeks. I was like, he'll learn on the job. Why do we have to assume he has gotten better at late game field goal decisions? He is just terrible at the first 59 <laughs> minutes, apparently. he No offensive play caller in the world could have called a worse game against the Ravens. He was up 9-3 and said, you know what? The Ravens don't have their quarterback. I'm not going to do anything except run into the line for a one-yard gain and punt every time because my punter is really good. He's <laughs> the worst <laughs> coach in the NFL. It's called, it's called field position. Bro. I was Look trying to... Yeah, I, <laughs> it's called winning the battle. I mean, what I, coach doesn't plan around his punter? His punter is sick. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a bit... Is it, I forget his name. He's from overseas somewhere. It's like they, Connor Waitman or something. Listen, if you don't have a punter from Scotland, you're not doing it right or whatever. Or Australia, Australia or New yeah. Zealand. Yeah. yeah. This guy is, I think he's a lefty too. He's perfect. Corliss Waitman? Corliss Waitman, right. Yeah. He, where is he from? He's from somewhere overseas, but he is fantastic. But still, you don't play it around the punter. Can you score nine? Po- can you score more than nine points in a game, Maggie? Is, is that it, too no. much to ask? <laughs> we've we've been through this now for thirteen weeks. No, they cannot. It's a miracle when they score like over twelve points. Yesterday was never going to happen. I, I mean, still how did can't they lose believe, that game? I can't believe, but I can't believe it. Yet I absolutely can because watching that final drive with Huntley, who hadn't done jack through the whole game, the offense was terrible. It's like you know they're scoring here. And, of course, they did with, what, five seconds left in the game? Oh, just brutal. The season could not get any worse for Denver. I, do you guys know the the guy on Instagram, maybe he's on TikTok, who is keeping a tally of Russell Wilson touchdowns versus how many bathrooms <laughs> yes. are in Russell Wilson's yeah. house? Yeah, yeah. There's eight touchdowns, but there's 12 bathrooms, and he does, like, a breakdown. He's like, well, bathrooms are still yeah. in the lead. By the way, and that being said, Russell Wilson was – not that bad yesterday. I can't explain it, but he looks kind of fine. I mean, he's not throwing. He's everything he throws lands in someone's hand. What, what are you watching? <laughs> I mean, he's fine. I mean, like, listen, he only through most of the game he only had two incompletions. He and then at the end he threw a couple away. 
He's close to perfect all game long. They just can't. They run the ball, and they can't get more than a yard on any single run play. Okay, but, like, ask yourself, is, like, completing passes, yet you don't go anywhere or do anything? That's because Does that matter? Well, for some reason, he threw 22 passes. I looked at this last night, and they ran 26 times. The 26 times was 60 yards. The, the passes was 200 yards. He should be throwing 50 times a game. And, Stu, you saw him against the Raiders. He was he was spot on. He wasn't that bad. He definitely was not that bad. I mean, he was. What's the, the bar for this guy? Not well. that bad. He's <laughs> walking into the Hall of Fame. It has he to was, be more than not that bad. He was 15 for 17 in the first half against the Raiders. I mean, that's more than not that bad. He was on fire, hitting everybody. The coaching's so bad in the red zone, Maggie. I can't even tell you. I, I feel I like the me, Broncos are a team to watch <laughs> next year. By the way, this is going to be a sensitive topic. Corliss Waitman, the punter for the Broncos. Grew up in the Netherlands. That's why I didn't want to bring oh, it up. Yeah, don't and bring I know. it up right now. We're not. Oh. We're not feeling great about the Netherlands. Yeah, born right in now. Belgium, but grew up in the Netherlands. So yeah, I know it still stings a little bit. Probably right? a really good soccer player. So how are you guys doing <laughs> over there with the loss? I don't US? see any tears stains. It's been a couple of days, so yeah. like the tear stains have have washed away. Although Perloff, you're saying Netherlands. It sounds like where Peter Pan comes from. <laughs> Netherlands. <laughs> Netherlands. There you go. Yeah. But when you say Netherlands, it sounds like some far out. You know. I don't know, Nether Netherland. Am All I right. wrong? Fair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Samter, you're absolutely right. I don't know. I didn't hear it. Um, okay. See you guys on the phones. We'll get to you. We promise. We promise. Uh, coming up, I, we've gone 34 minutes of the show of not mentioned the speech that Deion Sanders gave to <laughs> the <laughs> remaining Colorado Buffaloes. I've heard it 30 times, and I still can't believe he said it. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. That level of brutal honesty, I just don't think, I never thought existed in society until I heard it yesterday from Dion. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, Bottom of the hour, very busy day. Time for a CBS Sports update. Here's Rich Ackerman. It's time to ask the pros where you, the listener, gets to ask us a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simply check out the link, cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. Or tweet your question at CBS Sports Radio using the hashtag AskThePros. Be listening later in the show when we might answer your question. Oh, man, it's a transfer portal. A lot of fun. This is uh, this is fast and furious, Maggie. I can't even keep track. Nobody seems to be happy where they are. <laughs> Everybody is going away. <laughs> but you have to admit it's a statement that, on society, quite no, frankly. I think Lincoln, Lincoln Riley was probably the face of the transfer portal this year, but we clearly have a new face of the transfer portal, and he is in Boulder, Colorado. Yep, and that would be Deion Sanders. And I've never seen somebody – I mean, listen, there's nothing subtle about Dion. There never was. There never will be. <laughs> when he said yesterday that um, – one, we're going to play you some Dion sound, but he also said that, you know, um, pack your bags basically to everybody no, in the building. He, he said that, but he also said like, um, I know how God made me and I'm sure he's pretty happy with how things turned out oh, <laughs> an all timer, all timer. But here's Dion introducing himself and giving the straight talk really to the remaining Colorado Buffalo. We got a few positions already taken care of because I'm bringing my luggage with me. And it's Louis. It ain't gonna be no more of the mess that these wonderful fans, the student body, and some of your parents have put up with for probably two decades now. I'm coming. And when I get here, it's gonna be changed. So I want y'all to get ready to go ahead and jump in that portal and do whatever you're gonna get. Because the more you jump in, the more room you make. Because we bring kids that are smart, say that smart, smart, tough, tough. 
everything about it. <laughs> Just the, the there's so many things here. When the the one thing is when he actually gives the young men in the room Perloff just the glimmer of hope when he says and get ready dot 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 to hit the transfer portal and it's not even get ready we're gonna hit the ground running we're all in this together get ready for a new day at Colorado it was get ready you're cut (laughs) I want y'all to get ready to go ahead and jump in the portal to go ahead and jump in that portal. Don't get ready to go make something happen at Colorado. Don't get ready to turn this thing around. Get ready to pack your bags and get the hell out of here. Go ahead and jump in the portal. The problem with Dion, I would think you'd want to keep some players around just to fill out your roster, especially the defensive side of the ball. No, he's bringing baggage, Perloff, and it's But you can't bring in an entire... Well, I'm curious to see. Can you bring in an entire program overnight? Feels like a, a big left. I mean, Lincoln Riley clearly got screwed. He didn't have enough time to bring in any defensive guys. Yeah. I think there's a time limit. So, but the, I hope that Colorado is giving Dion more than one year, but it seems unrealistic to me that he can all of a sudden get rid of every single player who's there and start anew. I mean, I, even I don't care he, how much Louis you have. But even if he came back around and was like, actually, I want you to stay, it's like, you just cut the whole thing. The whole room. There's a bunch of 18 and 19, 20-year-old guys, maybe some 21, 22-year-olds. You basically just told all these young men, get out. You're not good enough. It's like, you just got here. You don't know what individual guy is good or worth it or smart or you might want to keep around. He basically told everybody, get up and get out. And I know it's Dion, so, like, of course he's going to come in and it's splashy. But you hear that recording. There's also an in-house photographer that's like video or videographer that's like recording the whole thing. He's using that as a hype video. This is basically like when Trump used to say you're fired on The Apprentice. And I get, it, this is not like what we should be aspiring to here. It's not fun when guys get cut. Maybe on Hard Knocks, that was always like, uh, yay, turn in your playbook. Those are professionals. These guys, I know they have NIO money, but they're still young men. They don't deserve to be embarrassed like that. That should have been in-house or said a different way. I know Dion's trying to make a big splash. I thought that was pretty classless, though. These are young men. You don't tell them in mass, get the hell out of here, which is essentially what he did. Well, I mean, they're a terrible program, so I guess it really won't matter. You, they were, there's no one they needed to come back. It's just, uh, yeah, it's totally tacky. You say that to boosters, right? You don't say that to the players, and then you make them say some dumb catchphrase. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, they, <laughs> it's like, they, they were just so deflated. Like, you can tell, like, you watch the beginning of the video, they seem, like, starry-eyed. Like, here's Dion. Yeah. And then towards the end, he's like, strength, power. And they're like, strength, power. <laughs> they're like, and, what, you just cut us. What are, what are you supposed to chant now? And none of you guys have any of it, according to me, who just got here five minutes ago. Like, I, I just thought that could have been done. And I know what people will say. Hey, listen, this is just reality. And, you know, maybe Nobody's it's better to hear the truth <laughs> or something like that. I, the truth is is good. You should hear the truth. You should, should aspire for people to tell you the truth. But it doesn't have to be delivered like a backhand across your face when you're a teenager or early 20s. I think you're I think you're maybe looking at this a little too seriously in the sense that Dion says crazy stuff all the time. I mean, <laughs> okay. he has for, for years. He's Now, I, I think... What you, but he's very well respected, and I what, respect him too. I just thought that was classless. But one thing you said, I forget Dion. What about all the people, like the cameramen and the players themselves? Like... Yeah, why would you put that? Why would you speak to the players and say that? Why not say that to fans or somebody else? 
Like that was the room to give that speech. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you could have said to the guys, like, listen, there's going to be a new day around here, and you know, listen, we're going to be evaluating everyone on an individual basis, and you know, and we'll just and we'll, you can make the decision whether Colorado is the right place for you. I'm not promising anything except for my son, who I'm saying is definitely going to be the quarterback, <laughs> and then walks it back and is like, uh, but you know, he's going to have to compete for the job. Okay. Which is also, you know what, if he can play Shadur, that's fine. Have the totally fine. It's nepotism is all over the NFL and college. This is nothing new. But you don't have to embarrass the guys like that. Because if that if that video didn't get out by whoever had the camera phone who put it out, it was gonna come out in his own produced hype video that was getting out no matter what. So let's talk about what, what they actually have now, by yeah. the way. Um I think Colorado's poised. Because so Colorado, over the last 20 years, they used to be a national title contender. Then they cut all the budget for their athletic program. Yeah. And now they realize that was a huge mistake, and they're bringing, <laughs> they're bringing it back. Yeah. So I think Sanders with NIL can get a lot. He already got, I think he got a five-star today or something. I, I think they could really do some damage here. Because Boulder, Colorado is one of the most awesome places on earth. Totally. It's not far from Texas, not far from California, and he knows everybody from Florida. I feel like Dion is going to get some big players in here. Now, I mean... I mean, isn't that... You're hiring him to be a great coach, but you're also hiring a celebrity. So you would hope that that's... If you're Colorado, that's part of hiring Dion Sanders and giving him the keys to the kingdom here. Yeah, I mean, he got the top recruit in the country to go to Jackson State. Exactly. It's an unbelievable opportunity here. That's why, I mean, I I think you and I were thinking he could do even better than Colorado coming in. But I feel like... Of the, I, th- I think, unlike a lot of people, that Colorado was the best job he was offered because they're going to be in the Pac-12 without USC. I feel like Dion could kind of take over here. Maybe I don't know how good sleeping of a sleeping giant. Yeah, I don't aspect. know how good of a coach he is. I have no idea. Well, he's a, but he was a good the, coach at Jackson State. Yeah. He's like twenty-five and five. Isn't the Pac-12 without USC like? It, well, it's barely TCU a Power just, Five now, and like, so I guess you still have Oregon technically, but like, what for is, now? What is yeah, like, what is the Pac-12 <laughs> without USC well, and potentially with Oregon leaving? Like Colorado. You tell me this is like he would recruit anywhere he goes, like you just said. Like it doesn't matter where he is, he can go to Arizona State, he can go Minnesota. He's going to recruit. It doesn't matter why Colorado. It well, makes no sense. Why go to Auburn and recruit, and then be in competition with Alabama, Georgia, Florida, all those schools when you can come and dominate the Pac-12? We look at TCU's in you the can Final Four the in a much weaker every year and never make the playoffs. What's that? You, you, he might dominate the Pac-12 and go undefeated five years in a row and TCU never make the playoffs. is in the Big 12 and just made, is the number three team in the country. You're telling me Colorado? Yeah. With their, if they went undefeated, they'd be in. Of course they would. Yeah. No, they're going to put a Pac-12 team in the Final 12. They always will. When, when you're see, So the Big 12 now, with Texas and Oklahoma still there, it feels different. When they leave mm. and it's TCU and Baylor and Oklahoma State, you're telling me an undefeated Big 12 team is going to matter? Like, I... I mean, listen, USC, the Pac-12 but, without USC is going to matter. Like, I think so. Undefeated. I think no one's going to care. Who are you going to beat? But there's Oregon? still there's still a Power Five conference, whether it's in name only or whatever, and that means they're going to get an automatic bid if they win their conference. Because yeah, that's I how mean, the twelve get teams the is going to work in the twelve team. That's true. But, yeah. the, the, but overall, like they're not you're not going to win anything in Colorado. Can I give you this one? This was a tweet that I saw over the weekend. So they're giving Dion like basically thirty million dollars, right? That was like the third. That was the salary. It's thirty million, right? Awesome. Thirty million a year? No, no, no. Oh. Thirty million for what he signed? Four, four years, three for with an option for fourth. I don't remember, but the athletic director for Colorado, Rick George, was asked about how Colorado came up with the money to hire Dion Sanders, and he said, "Quote." 
we don't have the money yet, but I know we'll have it. So I'm not worried about that part. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you get a coach on credit? I mean, that's impossible. Well, boosters, I guess, right? Yeah, but don't you either have the money or you don't? I don't know. What, it, does, it doesn't sound like a ton of money for a big state school like that. $20 million or $30 million. <laughs> Well, they don't have it. So it is a lot of money to them because they don't have it yet, but they anticipate they're going to have it. Yeah, actually, that doesn't sound like that huge a contract to me. I mean... Well, that's because... That'll get you, like, what, a, a backup shortstop in today's Major League Baseball? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't I, even want to talk about it. I watch. I don't want to talk about it. Perloff, who doesn't even like Trey Turner, who just signed an 11-year deal with the oh. Phillies. So I don't even want to talk about that. Okay, We've got just, plenty of football. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about baseball. Just let me say, every single opinion on every single signing is wrong 100% of the time in baseball. There is nothing <laughs> more overhyped than a hot stove signing. The experts in baseball cannot help but get giddy over every signing, and half of them don't work out. All right. Sorry. Well, rant over. Want to hear from you on Dion, of course. Let's go to the phones, though. Our friend Mark in Miami. Mark, we only left you about 30 seconds, but I know you want to talk about the Dolphins. What do you have? Yeah, guys, there's going to be a lot of overreaction. Uh, Dolphins are not as good as everybody thought because uh, the, the Niners really stifled them. But uh, before that game or going on that schedule, I had that as a loss. And, uh, you know, even without Garoppolo, that defense, to me, Bosa's the defensive player of the year. He's just so a menace. Good. More yeah. than even a guy like Parsons, he just wreaks havoc. Without their two starting tackles, and especially Armstead, who's one of the best left tackles, I just felt like that was going to be a loss. Even with that said, it was a six-point game. In the fourth quarter, and Tua uncharacteristically missed a couple wide-open deep shots to, to uh, Cheetah, which I think they could have won that game. But, hey, nonetheless, Niners' defense made the plays when they had to, and the, the Finns didn't. But I'm feeling good about what they are. I still said 11 wins. They're going to – Sunday night uh, in L.A., they're going to yep. smash the uh, their Chargers. And then I can't wait for the showdown with your Bills. I can't wait for that in, in Buffalo. So Mark, that's... Uh, I'm feeling good about them, even though they got uh, they got locked down there. But they, the, the final score was indicative of that game. They were right there. And Mark, unfortunately, uh, sorry, we're up yeah. against it. we got to let you go. That feels you make awfully, some great points. It feels awfully cold in Buffalo in two weeks from Miami. I mean, I'm just saying, you look, like, at, you look at that from a distance, that does not feel like a great spot for the Dolphins. No, but Bills cannot overlook this Jets game coming up this week. Oh, God. <laughs> and I no, can't no. believe I just are, said that. You two are nuts about the Jets. I want to recount <laughs> the earlier conversation we had about them. Megan Perloff, we're coming on back. <laughs> 